Hi, I'm Elizabeth Conniff. My pronouns are she, her, and this is my year 2020 reflection on emergency remote teaching. If we haven't met yet, I'm an assistant director of new students orientation and a part-time graduate student studying learning, media, and technology in the College of Education at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. Right now, I'm working in learning from home, which for me and my husband, Jonathan, is a tiny one-bedroom apartment above our landlord's house in South Hadley. When I get to break away from my desk in the kitchen, we like to explore local conservation areas, parks, and trails, and take turns making each other grilled cheese sandwiches. This year, 2020, the COVID-19 pandemic afforded me the opportunity to learn about emergency remote teaching and how the good work being practiced in K-12 and higher education classes can be applied to remote student affairs work, especially in orientation, transition, and retention. In part, this happened naturally, as my colleagues and I pivoted what's usually an eight-week, 16-session in-person orientation program for 6,000 students and 2,500 family members into a 12-week online journey comprised of remote advising, an online orientation course in our learning management system Moodle, and a series of opportunities for online connection. But a lot of my learning came after the fact when I was invited to complete an independent study based on Dr. Tori Trust and Fred Zinn's Google slide presentation or choice board, preparing for remote and online teaching. While working through the two levels of activities, I got to explore, engage with, design, and apply resources related to pedagogy, assignments, research, technology, and the special circumstances of year 2020. There are critical takeaways I have from this course that stand out among the range of valuable tools and lessons I will take with me moving forward. And these are the importance of checking in and communicating transparently, using what you know and building from there, and expanding your network. Before we dive into each of these, let's pause quickly, stretch, fill up your cup, breathe, grab a notebook, and do whatever you need to do to get ready, and I'll be right back. Okay, now that we're ready to go, let's jump in my three reflections on year 2020. First up, checking in and communicating transparently. Wow, this one can apply to just about anything in life, right? Our partners, our loved ones, our friends. I think we can all imagine a time or two this year when we wished someone we cared about were checking in more or being more transparent in their communication. So let's go ahead and commit to giving the students in our learning communities that same courtesy. This came up again and again in the articles I read and the lessons I completed for this course. Let your students know when and how you'll check in with them. There are lots of tools for this, whether it's breakout rooms in a weekly class meeting, discussion boards in your learning management system, or one of my favorites that Dr. Trust uses, a Google form with your favorite memes to help your students express how they're feeling. This can be incorporated weekly or at the beginning or end of each unit as reopening plans and local public health guidelines are constantly shifting. 
Students are dealing with the aftermath of the election and the ongoing fight for social justice. The resources that students have and how they're feeling about their well-being is constantly shifting too. Showing up for your students and letting them know you care is critical right now. Beyond checking in, it's also important to help students manage expectations, yours and theirs, for what they'll be learning and what they need to do to be successful in your learning environment. Denise Cox's video, The One Minute Communication Checklist, was impactful for me. Denise details the importance of being explicit in your expectations and instructions by considering your student's perspective, explaining how and why assignments are going to benefit the student, and identifying activities as either essential, highly recommended, or optional. All of this can help your students prioritize when they're having to deal with computing resources at home or other outside stressors. When designing a message for your student, Denise Cox says it's important to remember the why, what, and when. This video closely aligned with Casey Christopher's article that summarized Marianne Winklemiss's work on transparent assignment design. When building a syllabus, a checklist for new students, or an assignment for your class, we must tell students why they need to do it, what they're going to get from it, and what a successful assignment looks like, and when it's due. By being transparent in communication and assignment design, you can help your students cut through the clutter and other things they're focusing on. Finally, in episode 162 of the House of EdTech podcast, host Christopher Nessie ties all of this together with eight tips for teaching online that also stresses the importance of communication and empathy. Next, use what you know and build from there. There is no shortage of ed tech tools and apps to help educators manage remote classes, redefine lessons or programs, and transform classes from in-person to online. Vendors are launching new services and applications and shifting how they help you. Their ads and webinars, emails and white papers can be very attractive. However, really understanding the ins and outs of a tool takes time. And adding something in just because what it does is really cool is not the best approach to take. Start with the tools you already know well. Maybe that's your school's learning management system, cloud storage solution, or the medium you're most comfortable creating uh, content. That could be using writing, audio recording, or videos. To be successful, you have to take time to get to know those tools and incorporate them into your teaching. Begin with the tools that you and your students can access easily and that are accessible to all of your learners and go from there. Take the time to really explore and evaluate the new tools that are available. Dr. Trust's online tools for teaching and learning and Bauer and Torrington's typology of tools are great toolboxes. And Casey Bell's 20 Tech Tips for Teachers will help you consider what to assess when selecting the right tools for you and your students. It takes an investment of time to make sure that the tools and apps you're bringing in to your practice are going to benefit your students. Finally, expand your network. Don't go it alone. As educators, we've heard about the importance of building a strong professional learning network or PLN. 
And now your break room is gone. And the last thing you want to do is spend more precious time on screens. But as you seek out new strategies for moving your courses or programs online, don't try to do it by yourself. You can make use of the tools you're already using and some of the professional development time you're afforded to connect with fellow educators locally, regionally, nationally, and globally. Attend a virtual conference, listen to a new podcast, follow a new hashtag or practitioner on Twitter, join a Facebook group, or host a Zoom chat. One of the blessings of this pandemic is that we're all in it together. So take the time to learn from others, to hear what they are doing, share your successes, and your lessons learned. For me, expanding my PLN meant meeting with orientation directors in the five colleges from across Massachusetts, around the Northeast region, and from our national organization, NODA. It also meant getting on some Twitter chats with educators of all levels, not just in higher ed, but also K-12 teachers, and discovering podcasts like House of EdTech and EdTech Bytes. When I think back on all I've learned about remote teaching in 2020, what sticks with me the most is the importance of empathy for ourselves and our students, the need to plan carefully and build intentionally, and the necessity of continuing our own learning. These are themes that presented themselves repeatedly in the readings and activities on Trust and Zinn's Choice Board, and they are what helped me define my reflections for year 2020. I hope you'll take some time to reflect on your own year 2020 learning. Share your highlights and takeaways with me on Twitter at NSO Elizabeth. I want to say thanks to Dr. Tori Trust for guiding me through this independent study and sharing so many tremendous resources with me. Your care, compassion, and wisdom made this sem semester better than I could have imagined. Thanks to Fred Zinn for his contributions to the choice boards as well. I can't wait till we can visit in the hub in Furcolo again. And thanks to my parents, Jonathan, my sisters, and my coworkers for listening to me babble on about school and for letting me spend so much time on these assignments. Finally, thanks to you for listening out there. I hope you learned a lot and please be well.